When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. And this one is my watch list for game week two. So this is where I go through a bunch of players that have either impressed in the previous game weeks and or have great upcoming fixtures that I've got my eye on. Now it is based around my team. It's my watch list. So for example, Ben Chilwell, who looked fantastic against Liverpool, especially in attack isn't included because I already own him but there's loads more content to come ahead of game week two such as transfer tips game week preview final thoughts where I can discuss players like that so if someone's not included in this video don't panic I'm sure I'll talk about them ahead of Friday's deadline if you enjoyed the video make sure to give it a like hit that subscribe button as well and don't forget to check out fancy football hub they still have up to 50% off at the moment and if you sign up and don't win your mini you can get your money back terms and conditions apply all the links you need are in the description below. So first up is James Madison for Spurs, who I thought looked great in the tool draw against Brentford, and his involvement in that game was pretty much what we were expecting. Lining up as a number eight, sometimes dropping a bit deeper to collect the ball and get involved with play, but more often than not, when Spurs were attacking, he was advanced, getting into number 10-like positions, and pretty much everything went through him. So if you're desperate to buy a Spurs attacker this week between him, Son, and Richarlison, Madison is the one that I would go for. That doesn't mean you should sell Son or Richarlison if you own them. I'm only talking about if you really want to buy one this week. Just on a slight tangent with Son, a lot of Spurs fans were saying pre-season that he's playing too wide, he's not getting into enough goal-scoring positions. That did seem to be the case against Brentford, and that might change moving forward. We know how good of a player he is, how great he is in front of goal. But from what we've seen so far, and it is just a one-game sample, that has to be said, I don't see me spending $9 million on him anytime soon. I would need to see a bit more. Like I said, if you own Son, don't sell him just yet. But I certainly wouldn't be buying him. We still don't know who's on penalties for Spurs. If that ended up being Richarlison for $0.5 million less than Madison... You get their penalty taker who's playing out of position up front. And I know he didn't have a great game against Brentford, but that might again change moving forward. But if you have to buy one this week, I think it's got to be Madison. His game time's great. He's involved with everything Spurs do on a load of set pieces. It's hard to see him not continuously tick over with points. And I think he's the kind of player that in the past you'd probably call him set and forget. I don't think that's going to be the case for many players this year because the prices are so accessible. You can move players around for better fixtures. But Madison's the kind of player that if you get to those tougher fixtures, like Arsenal away game week six, Liverpool at home game week seven, and you've got other fires to put out, you're not going to be worried about having to play him. He can always nick an assist off a corner or a free kick or something like that. And then you've still got him in place for those better fixtures afterwards, like Luton away game week 8, Fulham at home game week 9, Palace away game week 10. And in the short term, game weeks 3 to 5, you've got Bournemouth away, Burnley away, Sheffield United at home. I just don't think there's a need to go out of your way to buy him this week because Man United at home is going to be tougher than Brentford away. So he looks like a really good option to bring in. Most people have already got a fantastic midfield, so there's no reason to kind of knee-jerk or anything like that. But if you're sat on an injured De Bruyne, a Trossard who's probably not going to start, a Foden where I've already seen people worried that he's not going to play the next game or maybe the game after that, 
that I don't really see any harm in moving to Madison. He hasn't suddenly become essential. There's almost no way that I will buy him this week barring injuries, but I do think he's going to tick over because his involvement for Spurs was good. They looked like they wanted to attack, which maybe we haven't already, uh, sorry, always seen in the past, especially under managers like Conte. I think there are positive signs there. Maybe not quite so much defensively. That's something to work on. But in attack, they look good. I think they're going to score plenty of goals this season. So next up is Reese James. And I'm already questioning why I didn't start with him in my game week one squad. Because I knew the first signs of him looking good in attack... I would want him in my team. And that's exactly what happened against Liverpool. I thought he linked up really well with Sterling down that right side. And James was probably unlucky not to get an assist. Now, just to answer a question that I know people are going to ask, if you could only pick one out of Chilwell and James, who would you go for? In that case, I would go for Chilwell. I trust his fitness a little bit more. And he was basically playing as a left winger against Liverpool. He was more attacking than James. But I'm considering doubling up because I already own Chilwell. And I don't think that's out of the question, especially with the fixtures they've got. West Ham away, Luton at home, Forest at home, Bournemouth away, Villa at home, Burnley away. It's hard to see Chelsea not getting clean sheets along the way. And we know that James is kind of primed for attacking returns as well. And for anyone worried about his fitness... It is a concern that I have as well, but from the game yesterday, Pochettino said that he got brought off because he was tired, not because he was injured. And I just think he's so good from an FPL point of view, like his points potential is huge, that he's worth that risk. And if it does go wrong, there's loads of other defenders that I could move to instead. So I am definitely looking at him. The other thing that kind of makes me a little bit more sure about this is Caicedo coming in. Now, I actually thought Chelsea defended okay against Liverpool especially after the first 20 to 30 minutes I think for the Diaz goal the defense was a bit all over the place Reese James in particular did get caught out but after that Gallagher playing a little bit deeper did well and I thought they defended all right and there's no shame in conceding to Liverpool they're one of the best attacks in the league but one man that can make that defense better is Caicedo and I also think that Sanchez I don't want to say he's much better than Kepa but with his feet, he's better. So I don't think Chelsea are losing anything there either. So overall, I'm quite positive about the Chelsea defence. I am a little bit worried that Reese James could get injured at any minute. But the upside for him is so big that I want him in my team. So much so that I will consider doing it this week. And I think for anyone with someone like Stones who's worried or Gabrielle worried about you know game time and stuff like that, Reese James is one of the top targets that I would bring in. Not ahead of Chilwell, but if you've already got him, I think personally a double up looks pretty good. So it's not often you pick a player from a team that's just lost 5-1, but I did like what I saw from Musa Diaby, and he's carried that form from preseason straight into game week one. And the reason that I would look at him over a Newcastle player is because of the fixtures. So Villa have got Everton at home game week two, Burnley away game week three, two great matches. Then it's Liverpool away in game week four, which isn't easy. And by the time this video goes out, it might be confirmed that Lavia has signed for them. And he'll obviously improve them. But I think from watching Diaby against Newcastle, I'll be honest, I only saw the first 30 to 40 minutes. But his ability and his pace is going to cause the best of defenders problems. And that includes against Liverpool. And I think Villa can score in that match. I'm not saying they're going to go and get three, four, five goals. But if, even if they could get one or two... Diaby's got a good chance of being involved. And then it's Crystal Palace at home in game week five. So as a short-term move, I like him. If you've watched my videos, you'll know that I picked in Burmo as my 6.5 million midfielder. Lots of reasons for that. No Europe, great minutes, great stats, penalties. And if I was picking again for game week two, I would stick with him. But if you need someone else or you don't rate in Burmo, 
then I think for the next four game weeks, DRB looks great. And the other thing is people worry about players coming into the Premier League, especially from the Bundesliga, but straight away in pre-season, he's scoring goals. And you could say, well, it's just pre-season, but he's done it straight away against Newcastle as well. So there's a lot to like. And if you need some confirmation bias, I was looking on Fantasy Football Hub for the 6.5 million midfielders points projections over the next few weeks. If you want to check this out for other players and use the other tools, again, links in the description below. And for the next four weeks, for 6.5 million midfielders, they have Diaby top with 20 points. Just behind him, it's in Burma with 19.3. And then Eze with 18.6. So it's all quite close, but Diaby is at the top. And if you expand that up until game week nine, he's still top as well. Now, personally, longer term, I maybe have some slight concerns about his minutes because of European matches. I think he'll be a regular starter, but he could start to come off a little bit earlier. But ultimately, I think he looks great. Villa in attack, even without Buendia, and obviously they've lost Mings as well. Hopefully they can both get back quick. They're still going to be decent. And I just think everything we've seen from him so far in a Villa shirt looks kind of exciting as well. So I don't know if he's someone I'll go for because right now my midfield looks great, right? I've planned for the first few weeks. But if an injury came up and I needed a 6.5 million midfielder, he's definitely worth looking at. And maybe you can move him on after game week five if you needed to or if you had a spare transfer. So next up is another Chelsea player, this time an attacker in Nicholas Jackson. And it's no surprise that he's on my watch list because I did strongly consider him for game week one. But not just that, I thought he played really well against Liverpool. And arguably, Liverpool is Chelsea's toughest fixture of the first seven game weeks. So if he can play well in that game and get into good goal scoring positions, what's he going to do when the fixtures get better? That's the kind of angle that I'm coming at. Now I will say against Liverpool, he probably should have scored. And he does look a bit raw. He's definitely not the finished article. I don't think anyone thought that anyway. Um, and there is probably going to be a time in FPL where he's getting a load of chances. He's not scoring and you're going to get frustrated. But ultimately, they're the kind of players that I always look to pick. You want the guys that are getting the chances because eventually the goals will come. You just have to hope it's when you own them. That's the kind of bet that you're making in FPL. And he's definitely not essential for game week two against West Ham away. But after that, Lewin at home, Forrest at home, Bournemouth away, Villa at home, Burnley away. I'm making a bet that he gets at least two to three attacker returns at a minimum, if not more. And I think for 7 million at only 15.7% ownership, he looks like a pretty good punt to go with. The other concern that I have, outside of the possibility of, of him missing some chances, is the transfer window is still open. So a bit like I spoke about with Richarlison, I'd be really surprised if Chelsea don't sign another attacker, not necessarily an out-and-out out number nine, but Nkunku's obviously out until December or January. They need someone else to come in. That player might also be able to play in Nicholas Jackson's position. There could be other number nines that come in. Breuer, obviously, will be back from injury eventually. So I think right now his minutes look great, especially for the next kind of two to three game weeks up until the international break, which is between game weeks four and five. After that, it might be a little bit different. But again, if you need a new forward with the fixtures they've got, he's definitely worth the punt. And lastly, we've got João Pedro, who, as we know, is a 5.5 million penalty taking forward for Brighton, who I've definitely got my eye on. And I think in previous seasons, I'd already be looking to bring him in. But this year, I'm not panicking just yet, mostly because I feel like I don't need the money. Like for my team, I've got Ollie Watkins. He's got Everton at home, Burnley away next two game weeks. In comparison to Brighton... They've got Wolves away, West Ham at home. Now, Brighton will definitely score goals in both those games. And if I had a Brighton attacker, I'd be excited because they're one of the best teams in the league. 
But those fixtures aren't so good that I need to sell Watkins. A lot of you are probably in a similar position with Nicholas Jackson. He's also got good fixtures, as we know. So unless you need the money for a bigger move, I don't think there's a rush to bring João Pedro in. And in terms of bigger moves, Kane's now gone to Bayern. De Bruyne is injured. Most of us already own Haaland. So the only player we would need to enable is Mo Salah. And if you didn't go for him in your Game Week 1 squad... I don't think there's necessarily a need to panic in game week two anyway. So I think in his own right, João Pedro is just a fantastic option. And there's an argument to be made that he's better than Watkins and Nicholas Jackson over the next two weeks anyway for the amount of goals that Brighton will score, fact he's on penalties, etc. But I don't think there's, like I said, that rush to bring him in. And I guess when you're making a game week two transfer, you have to ask yourself, have we learned anything new from game week one? And I guess with João Pedro, there's a couple of things. He's almost certainly their first choice penalty taker. Gross was on the pitch again. He'd already taken one ahead of him in pre-season. Milner was also on the pitch. I saw some conversation around maybe Milner taking it. We know he's got a good record. I didn't think that was going to happen, but I guess now we have it confirmed. The other thing is his minutes. I thought he was possibly going to be a player that could come off around 65, 70, 75 minutes. And he was on the pitch to about the 86th, 87th minute. So that bodes well. But I guess we also haven't seen what's going to happen around Europe. So have I seen enough to say that I've now absolutely got to bring him in? Probably not. And I'm pretty comfortable going without Salah this week. So I don't need the money anyway. So is he great for the next couple of game weeks? Absolutely. But then it's Newcastle at home, Man United away. Now again, they are not awful fixtures for Brighton given how good they are in attack. But they are tougher than the previous three. And then you've also got European matches to contend with as well. So I feel like I'm happy... To hold off on him that if he's so good that he's going to continuously get 80 to 90 minutes and be on penalties i'll happily pay six million for him and don't get me wrong i'd rather be on a player before he goes up in price those that have got him at 5.5 are going to be much happier with the points and the price increases than those of us that buy maybe at six million but if he's that good he's still going to be worth it i think most people have got a forward line where there's no need to make an early transfer so jao pedro firmly on the watch list but unlike previous seasons i don't have that mad rush to go out and buy him if you've enjoyed that video make sure to give it a like and hit that subscribe button on youtube if you're listening on podcast make sure to rate five stars and if you haven't checked out fantasy football hub all the links you need to get signed up are in the description below i will catch you again tomorrow sports social podcast network